Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Welcome to this special episode of the Edge of NFT podcast, coming to you from Puerto Rico, which Jeff, no, sorry, who, what's your name again, sir? <laughs> <laughs> of which uh, Josh and I just arrived recently, and Josh actually ran into quite a bit of a headache on his way here. What are you running on, like two hours of sleep here today? Yeah, guys, this is going to be interesting to see how how quirky I get during this interview. I got to Puerto Rico about six hours after expected and didn't have my luggage uh, arrive with me. So I made a trip to it. What I hear, I guess, is the hot spot of Puerto Rico, which is Super Walmart, and had a chance to buy some clothes. Um, I think it works out pretty well. And I have to say, it was an interesting experience having a DJ in the men's section of the store with sirens that went off just so I was trying to decide if I like something or not. That was really testing the limits of shopping. The siren was designed to tell you, yes, this is the thing that you like. Buy it now. <laughs> it worked. I was ready to get out of there as quick as I could, so it worked. Awesome. Well, your Walmart chic today. Today's episode features guest Miguel Vallejo. He is the founder of Art Community, a community of creatives combining knowledge from different fields to provide a social impact model that bridges artists and their supporters. He started his career as a graphic designer at just age 15 and leveraged this to create a signage and marketing company called ProSign that still exists today. In 2017, Miguel co-founded Jet Trades, a crypto forex education platform, and mid-pandemic, Miguel went on to co-found Fealty Investments Group along with two partners. Since 2020, this venture has expanded to include a marketplace for artists aforementioned called Art Community, which we will be talking about today. So, Miguel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's great to be here. We had one other in-person podcast with actually another art community in Venice, California, and I was representing for that one. So it's great to have Ethan here with me and live with you. And Jeff will join us on our next episode, and we'll have more adventures from Puerto Rico, but... You're the first person we're meeting with, and it's great to connect with you. You're doing so many interesting things with the community. Maybe you can just start by telling us what your origin story is for this project. Sure, sure. It started this year, actually. We've been in Puerto Rico developing, you know, different strategies, Forex, investments, and crypto. So with all this knowledge that we have acquired during the years, now we, you know, driving inside the NFT world, you know, that is bringing so much value to everything that we can build, you know, especially for artists. So when we saw this, we started, you know, telling ourselves, hey, Puerto Rico is so full of great artists, you know. And right now in the island, there's so much lack of, of information about the crypto world that what we started building as, you know, we are always been doing is, you know, bringing to the local people all this knowledge and, you know, so they can actually understand what is, you know, the blockchain and everything is building for, you know, for it. So as part of it, you know, for local artists, we've been, you know, developing all this information so they can understand what the NFT world is and bringing a marketplace to them so they can bring all this art and, you know, future art to bring, you know, to work as 
NFT product inside the marketplace. So right now we have like a vast of great artists. We have a great team that we are building, creator team, you know, that is professional artists in Puerto Rico. And we've been developing all this marketplace for months now and, you know, bringing all the ideas and trying to bring a new innovation inside the marketplace, merging physical art and, you know, the NFT as, as well. So because Puerto Rico is so full of physical, you know, and artists that are doing, you know, street art, physical art and all this. So we are trying to merge all these guys together so we can build, you know, a great marketplace for it. That's great. So so you're communicating now with people that you're connected with about NFTs and blockchain and crypto. What about you? When's the first time you heard of NFTs, for example? Yeah, two years ago when OpenSea started, uh, started you know sending all this NFT. I think when OpenSea started, the whole marketplace in the whole general area I was amazed about you know how this world and my world were merging, right? Because I'm a graphic designer and I you know I love the YouTube work and I've been working in film industry animations. Started at 15 years developing websites, so I don't know if you remember back in the days Flash animations, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like back at the time, I was so passionate about that. You know, I started learning about animations, building websites with animations, all this stuff. So now with the NFT, when I saw them after last year, it was, hey, this is my world, you know, so I can start with all the guys that I know from Puerto Rico, the local artists that we have, we can build a great marketplace and also they can pronounce, you know, a great. So there's 35 artists, right, in the community. And I got to assume that there's various degrees of receptiveness to doing this, like from guys and, and women that were like, no, this is crazy. Why do you want me to do this to ones that are like, sure, I'll come more. Can you talk about the adoption process and, and getting them on board? Actually, you know, because I want to bring so much culture to the marketplace, I think NFT could bring much value on this old people that, you know, are in the art industry and they don't know about NFT. So one of the stories that I'm working one of, you know, is an old lady is like 74 years old. So I'm trying to explain, hey, I want to produce all your physical art as NFT. How did that conversation go? What is the NFT? What I have to do? You know, so that is why part of the platform is you know working with an in-house marketing team so we can bring the value of hey this is the your physical art and this is the version of your physical art as an nft did you guys get into the gas conversation because because uh, i was like how's that gonna work no 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 that is not a, a topic for that or, <laughs> or the you know so they're gonna but there's you know few of the artists already know about this and that's part of what we are building a blockchain for our own so we can start you know bringing new ideas and almost you know have all this energy resolve you know intellectual property and all this management for nft and it's part of what we're building right now with the team inside the marketplace what about the street artists where do they think about this no they're excited about nft man you know and we have a lot of street artists right now you know around the world doing so many things and they're part of the platform and they're excited we are right now in, in the midst of you know making an agenda for the drops for you know we're going to begin in probably in august september to start you know the agenda for the drops are every, every artist but they're really excited especially one of the artists that is uh i'm excited about that it's my favorite artist you know street artist so i was excited that what he's gonna be part of the platform we're cool with that very cool yeah, yeah i mean when you're talking about working with this 
woman who's, I'm trying to not say elderly, right? I mean, she's, <laughs> she has more age on, on the rest of it, but it, but it reminds more me like, wisdom. So, yeah, more wisdom. There you go. But it reminds me like Quincy Jones. I mean, this guy's 88 years old, according to my web search here, and he's getting in the NFT space, you know, he's right on top of it. You know, he's yeah, been yeah, on top of everything. the CEO of his new platform, One Of, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think, you know, the easy part with this, you know, this generation, I think it's the white generation, right? That is like 60, 42, yeah, I don't know, maybe. But anyways, <laughs> you know, know the, the easy part is to say to them, hey, you don't have to do nothing. Just give us your art and we're going to produce, you know. And you're going to get some magic yeah, money, magic that, money that, that, that will be in your wallet and in a digital format that you don't know what to do with, exactly. but it'll be cool. It will be, it have a value. Now it's going to, your physical art is going to have a digital value. So it's going to be great. So don't worry. <laughs> well, that's really cool, man. What are your thoughts on how this could impact the economic potential of local artists? Like how's the economy here post COVID and overall? And what do you think this can do for the community? I think it would, it, it's going to bring a lot of value for artists, especially local artists that un, don't understand how much value an NFT can go through the digital, you know, to the space and, you know, bringing, we want to bring importance to the physical art because I think we, you know, physical art has a value itself and these artists have, you know, built their career, you know, with their craft and their passion and all the art they're producing from their mind and they already have a value. So putting the value of the physical asset inside the marketplace as a digital value as exact value I think it's going to bring you know both of the economies you know decentralized economy and a traditional economy to merge together and they can have both of the best worlds you know inside of the economy and for artists it's great you know NFT is great for artists now that it can be part of the second market and bringing this you know sales inside the intellectual property of them inside the digital world in the smart contracts it's a beautiful thing for artists right now especially for me to see and to afford for them it's a great thing especially in Puerto Rico because I know that Puerto Rico is a small island you know and people are scared about you know it's like a thing but at the same time Puerto Rico right now is in the spot you know all the crypto guys are right here you know and us being US territory we have you know, a lot of advantage on that and now mixing both of this world inside you know this little island for artists is gonna be great yeah and that was a question that we wanted to ask you it's like you know uh, josh and i see what it's like from the contiguous united states and we have friends and we see people kind of moving to puerto rico especially you know people call it crypto rico you know <laughs> and you know we're curious about like what's your perspective on or even just what do you see as a perspective of other residents around you of you know kind of an influx of people coming here and the focus on that and, and how there's an integration or lack thereof well it, you know sweet and sour situation but at the same time it depends on the person right because I have met a lot of person with great mentalities and great you know vision of how to bring more value to the island and I think the most important thing about you know moving to a place is how you adapt yourself to the culture right. you know because you're bringing your culture to an island you know it's so different we are a very warm <laughs> island and very different in a way because we're you know we have our, our bite I'm gonna recommend everyone Walmart. In fact, every store in the country throughout the U.S. has a DJ in the men's yeah, section yeah. Oh, that oh launches the siren right as you're trying to decide, do I want this or do I want that? That's the future. Walmart here is a hangout, man. You know, you come here to hang out. I don't know if you have turned, you, you have heard the term about window shopping. Uh -huh. So they go Walmart to window shopping. <laughs> 
That's what I was saying. And they, they have DJing, music, and everything. Yeah. Now, do you look down on people that don't try Monfungo? Because that was the first thing that Ethan did when he got here. So I consider that cultural immersion. Yeah. <laughs> I just ate a huge plate of Monfungo. Yes. Yeah. It was delicious. But seriously, what are the challenges? Like, let's talk about the sour part for a moment. Yeah. Well, the sour part is, you know, to when you come here to don't feel colonized, you know, because I think if you come into a place, you see necessities, you know, I think if you have a lot to afford, it's a good part. If government is giving you so much, you know, in return, you can come to the island to afford, you know, at the same time, you know, so it brings you a model of social impacts, you know, there's so much communities that need help here. After Maria, we still have, you know, few of the places without, you know, water, energy. So there's so many things to do here in the island that we can be productive on it. You know, we can deliver a lot of things, you know, being so small, so we can bring, you know, more opportunities for the people of Puerto Rico to bring, you know, to the table and bring independence into so many. So talk about that for a moment. Walk us through what is the social impact model to your platform, to art community that you're building? Who gets what? Yeah, for the social impact model is we're bringing a value of all the technology that we have. We have automated systems that we are bringing to for the artists so we can raise funds for independent artists, you know, especially the hiding artists that haven't been seen, you know, that they have really good talent, you know, they have really good at their craft. This type of artists we're selecting, you know, for raise you know some funds for them and with our automated you know system we can bring more value so we can budget them you know we can bring independence to their life in a way so they can you know be free of the commercial pressure you know of, you know building all the art for commercial pressure so we're bringing all these technologies to them so we can impact you know their lives and they can change their life and you know be part of a good system so you know we talk about NFTs going beyond the hype cycle at this point, but fundamentally a lot of marketing in blockchain and crypto. And what are you going to do for the older artists that maybe aren't as social media savvy where you're going to give them a platform and audience or how much is it going to be dependent on them to embrace this technology and to build a social media platform for themselves. That's the part of what we're building because we're building a team so we can collaborate, you know, with this artist. Part of our community is that, is, you know, it already had, it, it has it in the name. We are a community of artists. So part of the community is that they help each other, you know, and that's what I bring into the table. I, I'm bringing down the egos, you know, the artist egos so they can start collaborating, you know, themselves. And it's funny because, you know, bringing all these great artists together to a platform is come together to, you know, slow down the egos and be more collaborative, you know, in a way. And they're very talented people and they have, you know, make a great path through in, you know, international ways. So now bringing all these mentors to the platform and bringing the old traditions to the new traditions and merging this old community and help each other is going to, I think it's, it's going to explode in different ways. And that's why we're building, you know, a specific a, a team of curators so we can bring value to all these old generations and traditional ways and bring into the massive, you know, the marketplace of NFTs and produce all this art, you know, with the team. And So you're like the Tom Brady of the <laughs> art community. That's a compliment from me. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Because, or like every community has a lot of different superpowers in order to 
get that championship. And that's what you're trying to do here. Yeah, and that's why we're building a protocol inside the blockchain of converting the physical art to the NFT. We call it UD system. It's a unique dynamic image. So we're standardizing that in our blockchain so we can have our own governance. And it's all between, you know, what we're doing with the contract with the artist. We have in-house marketing team, you know, for collaborators, you know, building all this NFT for people that they have, they don't have the information how to build this. So we have the system so we can integrate the physical art with the system as NFT with a great collaborator of people and great teams of, you know, talented people inside the market. Right. And by the way, every time that Josh mentions Tom Brady on the podcast, I believe that's like an outreach to try to get him onto the podcast if you were to hear his name. <laughs> it's going to happen. Somewhere. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, we're talking a little bit about how things are going in the moment, a little bit about how, you know, artists can manage the value streams coming in here. What is your, do you have a long-term vision for the company? Like five years, 10 years, I don't know, a hundred years? Right now we have a technology in the table for the marketplace. We have a chip that we're integrating inside the physical canvas. That's way we can track the physical art, the original track. I think it's the problem that we have right now in the art industry. You know, that original art is selling, it's not selling, they're not selling the original art, they're selling only the duplicates and they're selling at the same price. So bringing this technology into the blockchain, we can track all the original paints with that. I think it's a, a solution for the art, in art industry in, in the global aspect because I think tracking the, the life cycle, the original paints inside the blockchain, we can actually have stored data, we can store temperature for the artist, we can start, you know, you see the location of the physical, where is it? So it's another tool that we're bringing for artists so they can have, you know, track their intellectual property as a physical asset, you know, inside the world. And, and seeing the global aspect of this technology, I think it's, it's a great technology for galleries, museums to bring to the table. And I think if we as our art community around the world, we can join forces around the, you know, all the, the original physical arts, you know, if we can track it in the whole world, it could be, you know, the greatest, one of the biggest, you know, storage data physical artwork around the world. And having this in the table, we can have, you know, all this great physical artwork converted to NFTs, you know, inside our marketplace. So it sounds like you're open to all sorts of types of NFT experiences for consumers where they may buy the physical art, they may buy a, they may buy a digi physical where they get both, and that you'll have different rarities. How crazy are we going to get? Are you going to have exploding NFTs that like Burning Man style, where they burn after a certain well, amount of time, and are they going to evolve and get you know change over time? Like we talked to one guy last week, Max Song, and they're doing World Wildlife NFTs, I believe, where the climate changes in the art piece as the weather changes outside yeah i heard about that and i see right now there is the name is dynamic nfts and we love that bringing that you know that value to the nft that it actually the art can change during the time you know it's the thing that we are talking right now in the table because we're seeing all these dynamic things to happen and you know as the time runs you know we want to budget different type of you know events that we're going to produce you know as a physical aspect to budget you know difficult for artists, you know, to build, you know, current, you know, different morals or whatever they can build so we can have different type of NFT built around the world. I, you just, know. I was just thinking of these 
like NFT in my head of a picture of people with a very straight face, but as the NFT goes up in value, they start smiling more and more. Or maybe a, a portrait of a person, you know, that is young and then it goes old at the end of the years, you know, it's type of the things that we're talking about. <laughs> or if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl again, everyone's partying in the picture. Tom Brady, we're calling you to come to the Ash NFT. <laughs> So as we've seen on the podcast, as we talk to different artists and, you know, ask people who are in the know in the industry, you know, there's different platforms that represent different niches, like, you know, Super Rare or Super World or, you know, any one of these other platforms are, they kind of attract a certain type. What would you say the type of niche is that's part of what you're building, right? Like if you had to build an avatar, a description of the type of artist that you're working with, how would you describe that? Well, you're going to have, a, it's not only one niche of artists, we're going to have a lot of artists inside, you know, we're going to have, I think the whole generation inside our marketplace, you know, we have young people, we have, you know, middle aged people, it's a whole aspect. I think we are grasping the whole area of art and then it's part of our... All originating from Puerto Rico though. Well, we have international artists too but you know the majority of artists are going to be from Puerto Rico for now is the one we are starting on but right now we have few other international we have one of the famous top piano players that we're going to produce is from Russia so it's not from Puerto Rico but we have a great NFT that we're going to build for him it's a performance that he wants to do he wants one of the top piano player around the world well Ethan has a team of piano tuners that can come out and help tune the piano before his next performance <laughs> yes yeah, what we're building is like creating the content that we're gonna drop inside the marketplace that, and that's why we're a community right that's why we're merging all the artists and the well-known artists that we have around here so we can all work together to produce you know all this nft for artists pianos or whatever you know persons has a great talent we are gonna choose them to make the nft and make it happen you know through the marketplaces so i think there's a new nft project that comes to life like every minute at this point and you know there's a mix of thoughts on where this is all going if you could wave a magic wand and paint a picture of the future in three or five years what do you see happening here I think you know, NFT is going to, I think it's the biggest thing is going to happen around the crypto world, you know, NFT is going to emerge in everything, not only in art, you know, real estate, you know, it's, NFT is everything. So inside the marketplace, I know it's going to involve in different marketplaces because around the world, we have so many artists, you know, around the world, but at the same time, bringing uniqueness, you know, and bringing, you know, a unique style inside the marketplace is the ones who are going to represent what really, you know, marketplace in the NFT world is going to make the world and the technology that we have. So, so some folks see sort of a strong push towards e-commerce and bigger brands. Have you explored the world of partnerships, brands and, and larger companies in Puerto Rico and, and sort of mashups where maybe there's a good rum company here in that you collaborate with them and your artists and do some sort of NFTs for, you know, the rum for each month or each quarter or something like that. And you can totally steal that idea if, if that wasn't on your I mind already. Great idea that you already gave me. <laughs> But we are right now in the, in the developing stage that we have in part of the, we have a guy, Luis Otero, he's a great guy, he's part of the team, and he's part of the social innovation process that we have in the platform. So right now, because we are the first Puerto Rican marketplace that we're going to drop, right now the, we're in talk with the government, you know, Instituto de Cultura de Puerto Rico, because we want to bring all the local cultural value of what we have. So we are right now merging with, you know, the culture in the first, and part of the companies that are part 
part of the culture is more like museums, you know, and all this type of person that represent, you know, luxury brands that are in the physical world, you know. So it's part of the things, but I love the idea, man. I'm going to stole it for you. You, you want to? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, check out our episode next. No, I'm sorry. The week after next week, we're going to be talking with uh, Luxo. And they did a collab with Chanel, if I'm not mistaken. So this is happening. And, and I think there's a tremendous opportunity to sort of integrate what you're doing with brands locally and, and international that want to support art and community. Is there like broader social impact mission here in terms of like are there nonprofits that will get involved that either the different artists want to support or that, you know, important to, to the art community. What's going on in Puerto Rico around the nonprofit world these days? That much, you know, about nonprofit happening is like little projects. We have a project in, in Loisa. It's an Afro project. You know, these guys are doing galleries for, you know, the minority people, you know, for galleries. But one of the projects that we, how our community started is that here in Puerto Rico, government started closing schools around the island. Part of the project that we want to start process of the, in the nonprofit project for our community is raising these all schools that right now are abandoned. We want to rebuild them as an art school, you know, for the communities, you know, to work around. And part of the process of our community is building that schools for Puerto Rico. Cool. One last quick question is, what's the next big milestone on your roadmap? Launching the project. <laughs> I think we are in like... 60 days of launching the project right now. We're going to launch a app, a decentralized application. So the marketplace is going to be an app for all the NFT, you know, is, is going to be there. And, you know, building all the, the launching the coin, we're going to have our own coin, you know, for the marketplace. So I think that's the next step big that we have, you know, for our community. <laughs> Setting times. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, should we jump on over to Edge Quick Hitters? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Edge Quick Hitters are a fun and quick way to get to know you a little bit better. There are 10 questions and we're looking for just a short, single or a few word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. You ready? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? I was remembering the story when I first bought my first micro machines. You remember the micro machines cars? Yeah. <laughs> And you had the guy that talked really fast yeah, in the yeah, commercials, yeah. and yeah. yeah. So that was my first like ten dollars of spending, you know, in micro machines cars. <laughs> nice, nice. Those are pretty awesome. Right. I mean, it's just great. I don't know if they're micro machines. Like, I have a three and a half year old son too, and I know there's some little cars. It, there's just something great about yeah, a yeah. little thing that is fully functional, <laughs> and like. Yeah, I remember the little lights, you know, in in front of the micro machines. You know, yeah. they have lights and everything. It's like a little car. And add to mini and triple the price. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? That's the whole story, right? So I first bought that because it was so innovative inside the school with my friends. I started selling them at 50 cents each car. <laughs> because every friend of mine wanted a, a micro machine, you know. It was so new, so I started selling them at 50 cents. Now, did you get into different rarity levels? And did you increase the price as the scarcity yeah. went up? Yeah, because, you know, I started, you know, looking for rare micro machines. You know, my father started looking for rare real machines. And I bring it to the school and I... One dollar for this one. This is rare one, you know. See, this is so, yeah. <laughs> for some people like yourself, digital collectibles in your DNA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the kids went home. They told their parents they were hungry, and they say, "Well, what happened to your lunch money?" Uh, well, Miguel didn't <laughs> steal it per se. He just kind of offered me a deal I couldn't refuse. <laughs> All right. Next question up is: What is the most recent thing that you ever purchased? A hamburger. I've become a vegan, so I'm now 
adjust him to my diet. Okay. You know? So this was a vegan burger? A vegan burger, okay. yeah. Impossible burger? Impossible, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's <laughs> a good one. Jeff likes those. Healthy, yeah. healthy. Healthy, healthy. All right, excellent. And then following up on that one, what is the most recent thing that you've sold? Sold? I sold guitar. It was my last item that I sold. It was my acoustic guitar. It was like a painful thing that I sold because it was my guitar player. No, I mentioned the guitar because it was like heavy to sell it, you know. Yeah. But I sell it, you know. The guy was, I, I was like, I don't want to know about more about music. Nah, you know, I was like, let's merge about companies and business, but uh, now I repent myself about selling that guitar. It was like a lovely guitar, you know, that I had. Actually, you know, a friend of mine right here, Abdel has one, it was the same one. You know, it was a Taylor Martin guitar acoustic player, you know, so. <laughs> So in a way, it was sort of bittersweet. You're trying to let go of that so you can move on to the next phase, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an interesting story. Uh, I had a, I don't know if you're playing with an instrument, actually micro, it's called the micro Korg. It's a, it's a cool little keyboard. Ah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a piano player, so I know Okay, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I went in and I got into, I was a music, you know, major in undergrad, then I went on and I went in to get into neuroscience and I was doing business <laughs> stuff and I had this closet with all my old keyboards in it and I wasn't using them. I was like, I'm not going to keep track traveling around with yeah, these yeah. things and I, what I did instead of trying to sell it I gave my micro cork to my friend who was Eric who was getting into like making digital music mm -hmm. and it was like the best decision I ever made because every time I visit him now he's making like cool new music on that keyboard and he's like expanded his whole set of keyboards he's got like moves and he's doing all these like digital patches and stuff yeah. so sometimes yeah. it's great to let it go it happened the same to me I was moving from apartment to apartment and it was like heavy to know how well then and I have a friend that always like hey if you're gonna get rid of the guitar call me Hey. Well, even, even if you more recently sold a meme coin, that's still a better story. Yeah, true that. So, <laughs> what is your most prized possession? My, well, my children. I have three kids. Six, one of three, six and eleven. So they're my treasure right now. Oh, I'm yeah. That's quite a spread too. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping you busy. Yeah, true that. And you could buy anything in the world. Digital physical service experience is currently for sale. What would it be? I'm passionate about nature. So I would say land, you know, is the thing that I want to acquire for myself in this, this next stage of my life. And I want to build things, you know, inside, you know, and grow things. And, you know, so it's part of my next passion project of building off. Cool. I want to go to a retreat on your land with all these cool artists. Yeah, yeah. We had a recent guest also say they wanted to purchase some land as like as a nature reserve. So it's a great idea. Next question is, if you could pass on one personality trait of yours to the next generation, what would it be? Well, I'm a very happy person. So I think my happiness and the way to, how do you say that, overcome, you know, the situations. I think uh, I'm an overcomer. I find solutions for everything. <laughs> I think there's solution for everything. I have that mindset and that's a mindset that I would love to pass, you know, over my generation to be overcomers and to not to, you know, lack of, you know, oh, I have this and I cannot do anything, you know. It's part of the things that I'm proving to my generation, to my kids, you know, to be yeah. overcomers, you know, in every way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Okay, so on the other side of that, if you could eliminate a personality trait of yours from the next generation, what would it be? People pleasing. <laughs> oh, okay. I think, you know, part of our my personality is that because I'm an overcomer and I'm a looking for, always for a solution, it's very difficult to me to say no. 
you know, I'm always like a jest person. So it's good to balance that in a way, you know, to say no in a time when you cannot. So people pleasing is a part of uh, things of my personality that I will, I'm balancing right now, you know, right. I'm balancing every, in every aspect. You know? Having said that, I'm wondering, I might ask if I could borrow some crypto from you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we, we can use a lift to our next destination. <laughs> there you go. All right. What did you do just before joining us on this podcast? I was trying to fix my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my phone. My, the screen of my phone broke, so I was fixing my phone for that. So. You could have joined me at Walmart. They pro- I mean, they had everything there. You can day. blame it on Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything bad that happened the last 24 hours and due to, to whatever cosmically happened to me with that flight from Newark. Maybe Tom Brady can come to the stage and help us out. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Next time, just offer us his private chat. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Maybe hang out with you guys. What is nice? You know, we have the Puerto Rico. This is your, this is your first time here in Puerto Rico. Is your it's your second, right? Second time. But it's, it's your been first a while. time, so maybe you know, hang out. Let's go have fun. You know. Yeah. After this. Yeah, we're done. There's a big fight tonight. Where? UFC fight. I think there's a bar in San Juan that some folks are... We should go and walk to the prayer line, you know, so you can see a little bit of old San Juan if you've never been there and hang out a little bit, so... That sounds great. Well, we like to talk about whatever's kind of going on in the news, hot topics. Ethan, what's cooking in that world today? Serve up the first headline here. So, Twitter, Instagram, and Instagram may be integrating NFT auctions into their platforms. So, both Instagram and Twitter have been working on new features that would allow creators to monetize their posts too. So, it's possible that NFTs are actually a part of those services that would be huge that would i mean be huge. i mean that's as, that's kind of as huge as you know i, I don't know what it's it was like a shopify right like yeah. it's integrating shopify into social media but not with nft that would be really awesome yeah i think the question for me is is that are they perceived as the starbucks of the community where everyone wants to go get the local roast like the local platform like you're building versus sort of use something that's sort of sponsored by the Zuckerberg sort of empire. What do you think? Well, it's true that, but right now social media is, you know, the biggest, you know, influence for all right now to impact people, to connect with people and to show the, the world with the information that we're delivering. So Instagram man and Facebook is part of it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. And by the way, the article didn't say that anything had been announced publicly, but these things are in talks. Next uh, headline, NFT fever actually hit all-time highs with sales of $2.5 billion so far in 2021. NFT sales soared more than 18,000% in the first half of 2021. And in June alone, NFTs generated $150 million, 11 times more than in the first six months of last year. And that's interesting because, I mean, I feel like it was... I mean, we're kind of in a lull here when it comes to Bitcoin and sort of the general swell of people's enthusiasm around cryptocurrencies. But I feel like I've also heard recently people saying, okay, you know, the peak of NFTs is over. You know, it's all downhill from here and it's going to be silent. I think we right now in the crypto world, we're in a retest in the market and it's part of the tendency that if you go back like five years for now, you can see the tendency of the market is the same. You know, when it starts the year, it goes up, you know, the cryptos. And then in the middle of the year, it goes down. It's like a retest market. And now it's going to grab value again at the end of the year, you know, for... I think it's interesting, right? I mean, the value of some of the top NFT has gone down quite a bit over the last few months, but sales are not going down. And I don't think, 
you know, there's enough attention on the influx of money and investment that's been raised in the industry that has not yet been deployed. Tom Brady has not deployed his platform autograph fully. And we've, you know, our friend Kurt and Jeremy, they just raised, you know, about $5 million from Mark Cuban. And they're still deploying that capital. And Anamoka has a lot of things cooking. They'll be on our show next week. And it's just hard for me to understand, you know, when you look at the amount of building happening, how we could possibly be in a meaningful decline. I think it is a retest in the NFT world, just like crypto and Bitcoin as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NFT is going to stay. It's going to stay. We're building it for it, you know, and part of the things that we, that's what we're bringing, you know, to build a value to all the NFT too that we're bringing to the table so people can understand what is the value of what they're buying, you know, and how, you know, it's integrating every artist, you know, so a potential to bring, you know, a new things around the NFT world, so... It's a new thing. All right, let's hit the next headline. This is an interesting one. Israeli president has given NFT a father's oath of office. So let's see here. The Knesset president Isaac Herzog with the NFT ahead of his inauguration as Israeli's 11th president on Wednesday. I read over this and, you know, I may be missing something, but I didn't notice like a price on this. And I think that's, it's interesting, possibly, uh, because... I think he got it for free. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was his dad's, digital copy of his dad's signed oath of office from 38 years ago. And I think it's an interesting use case for providing people gifts from the past, from their ancestors, and sort of the archives of history. Yeah. And this reminds me of an episode or a bonus episode that we had from a DeFi Summit interview we did. We had a few people talking about art, and we had this scholar, Frances Liddell, and she was working with museums and trying to do NFT-related projects with them. And they created a project where they had people come in and find an object in the museum that was meaningful to them and then help them mint an NFT around it. And there was actually no thought of, oh, they're going to sell it later and it's going to go up you know, up and up in value. Of course, they could sell it if they wanted to. But what was interesting, what she was highlighting about it was that you know the NFT at this point is more of like a symbol of a connection, an emotional connection, a community, things like that. So again, I don't know that that's exactly the theme of this particular one, but I think it's interesting. This is, has meaning to it and it's not necessarily all around the financial value. Yeah, we're in the heart of Old Tin One right now. I got to feel like there's some amazing history archived here, you know, beyond just your community of artists that you've cultivated that could be NFT. Have you, have you talked to the politicians and the government, the museums at all about, about what to do with all the cool stuff going on here? Yeah, that's one of the meetings that we have with Puerto Rico Institute of Culture. They are the guys who handle all the things, you know, around the archives that we have here. And we already have, you know, ideas for all the old photos that we have, building NFT for, you know, history and the making here in Puerto Rico. We are one of the oldest city in U.S., so we have a lot of to apport, you know, to the archive, to the story, to the culture, to the story, history about, you know, what we can produce as NFT in Puerto Rico. And we have been talking with that. The difficult part of, you know, talking about the government of all this is about, you know, how the crypto economy can merge around with them. But, you know, at the same time, I think bringing all this technology innovations, you know, they are all, you know, like, wow, 
This is can be built, yeah, this is can be built. And it is part of the things that we want strategically build around here in this city because we can build, you know, the physical NFT gallery with all these archives, you know, with the story that we can tell around the NFT. So we are in the midst of all that right now. <laughs> cool. All right, next headline here. I'm going to read it as is. How a clip of Andy Murray's historic Wimbledon win sold for over a crore via NFTs. Anybody know? Do you know what a crore is? Yeah. Well, it's a website. These are building like a full stories of Wimbledon, Wimbledon, and they're selling the archives of the full game of the game or so. And they're selling. I love tennis. Pete Sampras is going to be there. A lot of the great players in the story are going to be there. So it's a great. Great NFT project they're building right there. Yeah. I'll highlight the word in the title, Crore. We have research assistant that finds some of these headlines for us. She's Indian. So Crore is apparently an Indian term for 10 million rupees. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's interesting that you don't know these kind of terms, speaking of just kind of crypto or just currencies in general and how we speak about them. So that's actually 177 uh, $1,777. And yeah, but it was, let's see, Reuters reported that an NFT enthusiast known as Pranksy claimed to be the buyer. Have you heard of Pranksy? That's, it sounds like familiar, but I don't know much about that. Though they will not uh, own the copyright of the video clip they bought, the buyer will receive as bonuses a small digital screen to play the video, two tickets to center court for the 2022 men's Wimbledon finals, and a chance to play tennis with Murray and sign souvenirs. It sounds to me like you would go for that if you could afford yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love how they added that experience into it because that's what makes these things special is is real utility and i think i I think we got to look at the utility side of of all this art um digital art in order to make it stand out in the future and create experiences i mean there should be an opportunity with your platform for for certain people to to get a trip here to puerto rico right yeah and hang out yeah all right should we wrap it up there I think so. I think this is a great first show and on our adventures in Puerto Rico. <laughs> adventures in Puerto Rico. Yeah, be careful if you're hanging out with Josh, though. You know, your phone might break. Taxi might be late. Already broke. <laughs> you go. Your bags might get lost. <laughs> yeah. But you're likely to eat a lot of plantain. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Before we start wrapping up here, just want to get from you, Miguel. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and the projects you're working yeah, on? Yeah, we are ourcommunity.io, and we have an Instagram page, Facebook page. You can check it out over there. We're launching this August. We're launching Our Community 2.0. We're rebranding everything. We're restructuring everything in a way because we, you know, looking for future, you know, better, simpler ways. And right now, the marketplace, we're just attaching to, you know, integrate it at, you know, and launch it as, you know, how the market, the NFT marketplace around the world is, you know, launching. So it's going to be great. And we are going to have an event in December that is going to be part of the art community project, crypto forest project for Puerto Rico. So we are, you know, handling all that, that, and you can handle it then in artcommunity.io. Art community.io, they can sign up, they can learn more, stay in touch with you, all that good stuff. Well, let's see. That basically means we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. So to the listener, thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So make sure and invite your friends and recruit some cool new strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now now rate us and say something nice then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole